Okay, Christ Church, good morning. It's uh, bright near 1045, so I know many of you are still making your way in, but we're so thankful that you've chosen to worship with us. First Sunday in October, um, thanking God for the cool weather and, and the fall temperatures, and so we're always thankful for the changes in the seasons. Uh, for those of you who are keeping up with your calendars on the Jewish calendar, uh, Saturday, well, Friday night into uh, all day Saturday was the Feast of Tabernacles. It's called Sukkot. And um, very, very interesting feast on the Jewish ca uh, calendar. And of course, we, we understand this because when Jesus came in the flesh, the, the book of John, the Gospel of John says that, um, that the Word became flesh and He made His what? Anybody know? His dwelling. He made His dwelling among us. You know what that word is? He tabernacled. He actually came and dwelt with us. And the whole story of redemption is from beginning to end. God wants to be our God and he wants us to be his people and he wants to dwell with us for how long? Forever and ever and ever. And so every year when the Jews uh, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, and I encourage you guys to be informed about it as well, it is a picture of the coming day when the Lord will return in all of his glory and he will dwell with us. He will be our God and we will be his people. And so uh, very excited to, to think about that this morning. And so as we get started, we're going to uh, kick off with uh, a great song that I think will get you, uh, you get your hearts prepared to receive what we have for us today. So let's stand as we begin to worship this morning.
seated. Uh, we do want to welcome you uh, to Christ Church if you're visiting with us today. Uh, we're so thankful that you've chosen to join us. Um, if you're a first-time visitor or maybe you've never filled out a Connect card for us, we would love for you to do that if you feel comfortable. There should be something in one of the chair backs in front of you on these rows. And just give us some ba basic information and, and mainly how can we pray for you and, uh, and, and hopefully maybe follow up with you as well to be able to contact you after the service and have a record of your visit. So we're so thankful that you've chosen uh, to worship with us. We're entering, or excuse me, we're not entering, we're, we're uh, in a season of prayer right now that uh, began, I don't know, over well over a month ago. And uh, we are just uh, really just been focusing our hearts toward the Lord and acknowledging that uh, we need him. We desperately need the Lord uh, as individuals, as families, in our church, our nation, uh, in this whole world. And so that goes without saying. And so we're just going to continue that time uh, of prayer. And um, we're going to uh, continue to let um, certain people with our, within our church to read scripture and lead us in prayer. And so this morning, I'm going to ask Miss Michelle Wilson if she's going to get up and, and read um, from the Gospel of Matthew for us this morning. So um, and there's the microphone right there. I'm sorry. Matthew 18, 1 through 10. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, 
Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed that child um, among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such a child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it will be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fires of hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the faces of my Father in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you with thanksgiving in our heart. We just thank you so much for your glory and your grace. And Jesus, we thank you for saving us. And Father, help each of us to examine ourselves and to get alone with you and that our hearts will be pure. We pray to be a lampstand for you in this earth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Michelle. Amen. So part of our season that we're in right now is uh, we're praying for a spiritual awakening. Amen. Uh, this land has uh, been devoid uh, in many ways of the word of God and drifted very, very far away from the Lord. But he still has many people in this land, in our nation, and there's always a remnant. And so we're praying that God would begin to awaken, awaken his people and then uh, overall awaken our, um, our communities, our culture, our nation as a whole for them to know him, the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. So we're going to sing that together this morning. Would you stand? presence. 
Stand, guys. We're going to uh, read Psalm 33 together this morning as our corporate reading 
uh, of Scripture. So we're going to pull up Psalm 33. Let's read this together. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the seas as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. And all God's people said, Amen. So well, we 
you guys. You may be seated. We're going to ask uh, Mr. Joe Fleece to come up at this time and do um, more scripture and prayer. Six thirty-four through 48. They did not destroy the peoples as God commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare for them. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people, and he abhorred their heritage. He gave them into the hand of the nations, so that those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them, and they were brought into subjugation under their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were rebellious in their purposes. They were brought low through their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all, pitied by all who had held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God. And gather us among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we came to this land to be able to worship you in the way that you would want us to. And along the way, Lord, we have fallen prey to the sins of culture, the sins of pleasure, the sins of self-improvement, self-indulgence. Nothing has snuck up on us. We have allowed this to happen. I have allowed this to happen, this sin to, to come into our lives and to affect us because the destructive side of it wasn't seen until the end. We worship you and we pray to you and at the same time we enjoy the sins of this country. We enjoy the sins of and we just can't do both, Lord. I don't pray for our country right now. I know how this ends. We know how this world ends. But I do pray that each of us come totally back to you while we are still walking on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's uh, stand together and worship one more time.
spirit lord and with your grace and forgive us for our sin and for our lack of action and i just pray lord that you give us clean hands i pray that your word washes over us and that you bless brother marcus as he shares your word with us today in jesus name we pray amen Last week, we addressed uh, 
the level of immorality that is just pervasive in our, in our culture, in our country. The United States of America is the leader of sexual immorality in many ways in the whole wide world, and it affects all of us in so many ways. And, and one of the many painful and serious, serious consequences of sexual immorality outside the confines of, of God's intention, which is in, in a faithful marriage union between a husband and a wife, but one of the many painful and serious consequences that come with that is what we would call in our culture today unwanted pregnancy. And so when we read a passage like Psalm 106 this morning, as our, my brother Joe shared with us, I just want to share a couple of verses from that again just to set the context and, and Psalm 106, in many ways, just kind of gives a summary of, of God's relationship to his, his covenant people. And they failed him in so many ways. And, and one of the worst ways, it, when it reached the point to where God's covenant people, the people of Jacob, the people of Israel, began to, to intentionally worship other gods with their abominations and their acts of immorality and then their, their acts of, of human sacrifice... It had reached the, the point of just complete idolatry, complete spiritual adultery, if you want to put it that way. And this Psalm 106 is, is re recounting how far the culture had gone, how far away God's people had drifted from him. And it says in Psalm 106 in verse 34, it says, They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them talking about the people in the land of Canaan. And if you remember the conquest, the Lord told Joshua and the Israelites that when you go into these certain areas and these certain strongholds and among the certain tribes of the Canaanites and the Amorites and these wicked people, he says you're to take them all out, you're to destroy all of them and, and, and rid the land of them because if not, they will become a snare to you. You will become um, uh, intermingled with them and you will begin to worship their gods and you will intermarry with them. And all these, these warnings that the Lord gave Israel and they did not do. And so it says, but they mixed with the nations, and they learned to do as they did. Well, what did they learn to do? They served their idols, which became a snare to them, these false gods, idolatry. And the, the most wicked, evil expression of pagan worship was this, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Reading that from a 21st century context, we sometimes snide at the ancients and how vulgar and obscene they were in their pagan ritual and, you know, publicly worshiping demon gods and sacrificing their children to the fires of Baal and Molech. And you can read all about this in the Old Testament. And sometimes we read that out of, uh, almost out, out of with a little bit of a condescending tone and, and thinking, you know, at least we haven't, 
at least we haven't fallen to that point of debauchery and and being turned over completely to this this reprobate mind where we're just we're out publicly offering our children and, and if you ever want to really just do some research that they 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 literally would take their babies and they had this huge statue of Molech and it was this huge bronze idol that they would heat up with fire and, and intense heat and in an appeal to appease some way the gods or these demon gods that the uh, the people of Israel were trying to appease or try to make some type of a deal with them. They would take their, their babies and they would lay them alive on the hands of these glowing hot metal hands of Molech and they would watch their babies burn alive as the rest of the people worshipped. And we're like, man, how could we get that so low? At least we're not that bad. We're worse. We're worse. You see, what what the devil does is he takes things that are his, and once they're exposed or maybe they're challenged, and all he does, he just takes it and he and he morphs it into a different form. He just he takes the very same lie, the very same intent to murder and steal and kill and destroy. And he takes the very same thing and then he just switches it around and packages it a little bit differently and morphs it a little bit differently so that it looks different. But, it, but if you get down to the core and the source of what's happening, it's the very same lie. It's the very same murderous act. And here in the United States of America, since, since 1973, we have been not just sacrificing our sons and daughters to the gods, the false demon gods. But we have become so efficient at doing it. We've become masters of murdering babies in America. I don't know how else to say it. And the reason that we're so desensitized to this is because what the devil has done is that he's taken abortion... And he's put it in a clinical setting where it's nice and sanitary and it's out of the public view and you can go behind the closed doors of the Planned Parenthood abortion clinic or whatever it may be and you're there with doctors who are supposed to be like public servants and whatever it may be. And so we, we kind of have push it aside and it's kind of taking place behind closed doors and it's in this safe, they, they want to market it as a safe, sanitary in, environment. And so we, we take it and we, and we perform the very same thing that was happening in the days of Israel, but we're doing it in a, in a different environment and so therefore we're desensitized to it. And yet, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. What's happening in the United States of America and what has happened since... 1973, when abortion was legalized in this nation, is so much more horrendous and atrocious than even what some of the pagans were doing in the days of Israel. Amen. What they were doing, I want to be honest, it pales in comparison to what we have done. Now, there's so many different things we could do and so many different things that we can say about this and this is a very heavy issue because chances are there are many of you out here in the audience today who have had an abortion or you have funded an abortion or you have sat idly by while somebody that you love went to get an abortion and I want to tell you before we go any further this morning is that there is no sin that is unforgivable by God 
that there is grace in the Lord Jesus Christ and that do not let the devil hold you captive to believing that he can't forgive you of something when he most certainly can't. The only sin that God can't forgive is the sin of unbelief. When we reject Jesus Christ and we refuse to put our faith in him, well, that we've sealed our fate in that sense. So, you know, we, we reject the, the one true God and the free gift of eternal life. That's the only sin that God can't forgive because there's one condition of salvation. One condition is our faith in Jesus, belief. But anything else that we do or have done on this earth, Jesus Christ can cover and will cover all of our unrighteousness by his precious blood that was shed on the cross. So I need to say that out front and upright because some of you today may be hearing this message and the devil is going to begin attacking you and tearing you apart and causing you to feel feelings of condemnation and shame and guilt. Listen, that's not where I'm going with this. And we're going to sing at the end a song that I think is going to hopefully set you free from any of that because you need to know that there is forgiveness in the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. There is grace. There is forgiveness. Okay. Having said that, we have to also acknowledge. So that's, that's what we, we as pastors and, and as, as church brothers and sisters, we minister to one another on an individual level, knowing that many of us bring all kind of pain into the setting just like this. And so as a pastor of the pastor's heart, I, I hurt for you. I hurt with you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to remember that. But on the flip side of that, from, aside from the individual you know, circumstances that I just spoke of, now we have to look at the nation as a whole. We need to look at what's happening on our watch. And I've been, I've been just trying to contemplate and, and personalize this in my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 42 years old. I was born in 1978. Roe v. Wade was passed in 1973. So five years I was born after, five years after Roe v. Wade, and I have kind of grown up not really knowing anything until I got a little bit older to understand what was happening. And, you're, you know, everybody's at a different age when they hear the word abortion for the very first time, and then they have to understand what is this, what's going on. It hits us at different times in different ways. I understand that. But all of us in this room today, if we're an American citizen which I believe most of us are, if not all of us are, this has been happening on our watch. Amen. And that's what I'm trying to come to grips with this morning. In Jeremiah, listen to what the Lord says. Jeremiah 19, he says this, Because the people have forsaken me and profaned this place, by making offerings to other gods who neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah have known, and because they have filled this place with the blood of innocence and have built high places to Baal, to burn their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal, listen to what he says, which I did not command or decree, nor did it even come into my mind. The Lord is saying that the way that we sacrifice our sons and daughters to these false gods as whatever they may be, burnt offerings or sacrifices, whether it be in the times of Israel then or whether it be what's happening in the United States of America today, he's saying these things are so profane and so out there. They're so far away from me that it didn't even enter into my mind how terrible it is, how horrific these things are. That's what, that's what God's communicating to us this morning. And so when we think about the effects of sexual immorality and unwanted, 
pregnancy, and first of all, I want to say this out front, there's no such thing truly as an unwanted pregnancy because there's somebody that wants that child. There's somebody that wants that child. If you don't want that child or if an expecting mother doesn't want that child, there's someone that wants that child. But we see how Satan, through the system, the the medical system, and through the laws of America that have been passed through sitting justices on the Supreme Court, how we are experiencing the greatest genocide of our children that I think the world has ever seen right now. You see, it may not be happening in temples to Baal and to temples to Molech, but now we have new temples. They're called abortion clinics. We have new high priests. They're called the abortion doctors who are actually serial murderers. And these serial murderers are killing children every single day. And not only do they get away with this without consequence because it's legal in the United States of America, but they make a really good living at it. They're getting paid very well to murder babies. Y'all think about this for just a second. And to take it a step further, you and I are helping fund them with your hard-earned tax dollars. Every time you go to work and you give the United States government taxes, that money is going to help murder babies. And we just sit here. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I wish I were more angry about it. I wish I was broken down and just bawling my eyes out about it right now. But you know what's happened to us? We've become what? Desensitized. Amen. It's just part of life. We don't even think about it. And I wish that there were something deeper inside of me that would wake me up to the sobering reality of what is truly happening in our land and it's happening all around us and it's happening by um, doctors who are getting paid and they're making good money for this and they're lying to people, they're lying to young women, they're lying to families and also our taxpayer dollars that we're working hard for are going to support the very same thing. That's the system in the world that we live in. So this is, this is what I call the, the big issue, the big issue that is at hand. There's ways we minister to people on an individual level, but as as a church and as believers, we have to address the big picture as well. And that's what I'm trying to do and help you understand today. I want to show a a website that I found. Let me see if we can get this pulled up. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for statistics and all this kind of stuff. And this is live, by the way. So if you notice, if you notice the count... It's constantly ticking. I was blown away at this. And I'm looking at this, and today, in the United States, today, it just changed. 1,135 little babies murdered in cold blood. Today. This year, United States of America, 655,030, about to be 34, children, little children, little babies, the most innocent and vulnerable people in our society. This year, 
murder. Now that says since Roe v. Wade, which was passed in 1973, and again, I, there's always a little bit of discrepancy with numbers. I, I've seen numbers higher than this, but let's just say this is a conservative number. Since 1973, this is just in America, guys. 62 million. 283,619 children have died. You're getting, that's, that's getting up there around the population of Canada, Australia. You're talking about nations of people. And I want you to think about your son or your daughter right now. Think about how much joy that they have brought to your life. Think about all the blessings that we have received from being able to experience the gift of life through God's blessing of giving us children, sons and daughters. Now I want you to think about for one second, what if they never saw the light of day? What if they never got a chance to take their first breath? Worldwide, since 1980? Is that 1,590,384,863,467? I can't comprehend this. And sometimes people ask me, Brother Marcus, do you think that we're living in like the last days when things are just as bad today as they were in the days of Noah? I think so. But we're so desensitized. So guys, I don't really know what else to do. I don't have anything else to say. All I know to do is, is for us to stop right now and we're going to pray. And I think that if, if you don't, if you're like me, and, and because I'm angry at myself that I'm not more angry about this. And, and, and there are things that we can do, and, I, and I'll tell you more about that. You know, I might as well, I'll share just briefly real quick, because we're going to pray, and, and we're going to seek God and, and ask Him to, to soften our hearts and break our hearts over this sin that we've allowed on our watch. Remember, we're the ones that are standing idly by, and you say, well, how do you get involved? What do you do to change? Do you get politically active? I think you do have to vote your conscience. You do have to vote the biblical principles that, that when there are candidates that are running out there on a platform that is pro-abortion, that, they're, that they're for this stuff, if they're for this murder, I don't see how you can vote for that. That's just me personally. I'm not, I'm not telling you how to vote. I don't see how you can vote for a platform that says we're okay with the murder of our unborn children. Now, does that make the other side any better? Because they hadn't really done what? Anything about it either. I'm, I'm just as upset with, you know, both sides of the party or whatever it may be. But at least when we're voting and we're being active and exercising our right, I think you have to vote for people who at least in name or at least in principle stand for the life of our unborn. That's one way we can do that. But then another way you can do it is get involved in ministries like Life Choices. 
which is one of our missionary partners, and they're right here in Memphis, and they give ultrasounds to ladies who are expecting, and they try to counsel them into making life-affirming choices, and they, they love them and support them and tell them the truth and show them their child, and they save lives. Guys, thousands of babies right here in the, in the Memphis area have been saved through ministries like Life Choices, and there are many of them out there. But there are ways and things that we can do to get involved and to make a difference and and to try to invoke change in our culture and not to turn idly by and to turn a blind eye and continue to put our heads in the sand and act like that this isn't happening because it's happening. It's happening, guys. Right here as I've been talking, how many dozens of children have been murdered? And so what we're going to do is that we're just going to pray. And, and as we pray, here's what, I want, here's what I want. I want you to pray whatever it is that God leads in your heart. If, if you want to pray where you are, if you need to come here to this altar, not that there's anything special about this, but sometimes you, you want to make a, a, a true statement to the Lord that you're serious. Maybe we need to pray that our hearts need to be more uh, sensitized to the things that are happening around us. And listen, again, what I, what I want to say is our... Um, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up in just a minute. And they're going to they're finish with the song. And the, song, the title of the song is called Clean. Clean. And it makes me think of 1 John 1 9. It says, we confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to what? Cleanse us of all unrighteousness, including what? Abortion. And so if there's anyone in here who has participated in any way or supported or funded or had an abortion or whatever it may be, you need to know that there is forgiveness, that the the cross of Jesus Christ is sufficient to cleanse you, to set you free, to deliver you from the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that you may be feeling or experiencing because of that. Because I know that you have to be feeling that if if you've partaken in that. But there's deliverance, there's forgiveness, there's freedom, there's cleansing. And Jesus is the only one who can do that. And I don't want you to leave here today not taking advantage of the forgiveness and the grace of God that will cleanse you and set you free from that. And so whatever it is that you need to pray, we're going to just stop and we're going to pray. And then I'm going to ask our praise team to come on up and we're going to finish with a song, okay? Let's bow our heads. Have mercy on us, O God. According to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions, O Lord. Wash me thoroughly from my sin. In my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, O Lord. Cleanse us, Lord.
Father, we confess to you today as a nation that there's innocent blood on our hands and on our watch. And Father, many of us, including me, need to be sensitized to this and to stop ignoring it like it's not there, but to think that these are real people, real mothers, real children. There's life that's being extinguished through the demonic practice of abortion, and it's happening in our land, Lord, by the thousands each and every day. And Father, whatever we need to do to change, please, Lord, we are willing. We beg you, please, to forgive us of standing idly by. Forgive us for turning a blind eye to these things, Lord. Please soften our hearts, Lord. We've become so desensitized to sin and evil and wickedness and violence and murder. God, break our hearts for what breaks yours, Lord. We're not ready for it. I know we're not. I'm not ready. Lord, but we want to see the, the world through your eyes. We want to feel the pain through your heart. And Lord, prepare us for what we're about to experience. Prepare us, Lord, for an awakening that we need, your people needs, Lord, because it does begin with your people. And we have a responsibility, Lord, to be light and salt in a dark world. And you would show us, Lord, and give us wisdom to know how to shine a light in the dark recesses of our society where there's so much shameful and evil and wicked things taking place. And you would show us how to become salt, Lord, to preserve life in this culture and not to help extinguish it, Lord. Whatever we need to do, Lord, supporting ministries that are life-affirming, supporting places like Life Choices, becoming more faithful to pray, to, to be counseling those who are expecting, Lord, to, uh, to stand and, and, and proclaim truth, Lord, to those who have believed the lies. Lord, I, we, you need to show us what to do, Lord, but forgive us. Forgive us, God. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on this land, Lord. Lord, I know your mercy will, will run out. Your mercy does have its end, Lord. And you have looked upon this for many years now. Almost 50 years. You've looked upon a nation that has committed atrocities in the name of medicine, in the name of health care. How we have called it that which is good evil and that which is evil good. Yes, so Father, unless this nation turns around and puts an end to the obscene murder of innocent children, Lord, I don't see how you're going to continue to allow us to go on as we do. And just as you turn the nation of Israel over to its enemies, Father, I, I know that that's what's coming to America. You will turn us over. You will give us over to our enemies. You will give us over to cruel masters who will continue to make our lives more and more miserable and fruitless and so, God, if we have anything left in our heart, if we have anything left, Lord, please help us to stand and to stop right now and to change. May this, may this reality never leave us. May we not sleep 
May we not be able to truly rest until we are truly tra transformed and changed and moved to action, Lord, on behalf of the most vulnerable and the most innocent and the most precious in our society, Lord, who have no one to advocate for them. They have no one to defend them. They're like lambs being led to the slaughter. And, Lord, we have got to stand in the gap for them. And so my prayer today, Lord, is that you would start with me and my family. Father, begin with your people, this church. And may we remember this day as a turning point in our lives that we were never the same. And that we went to our dying days, Lord, fighting for the unborn, fighting for our children fighting for those who haven't even had the chance to see the light of day. Have mercy on us, O oh God. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask our praise team to come on up as we finish today. Sometimes it it's very appropriate for you to respond during a time of worship. And so that's what the rest of our service is going to be. We're, we're going to respond through worship. Allow the truth and message of this song to minister to your heart if you need, especially if you need to hear the message of forgiveness and the cleansing that you have in Christ Jesus. That's what this song is all about. But we will be here. I'll be up front here if you need me. And I'm going to ask us to, uh, to stand together as, as we sing this morning. Nothing too dirty that you can make.
Amen. Hey, uh, guys, I tell you what, why don't you grab a seat? We're almost finished today, but uh, we have Gary that uh, has come up this morning. He, he just has something that God has uh, laid on his heart he wants to share. I'm going to let him do that right now, brother. Thank you, Brother Marcus. Two weekends ago, my wife, Rhonda, and I had the pleasure of my grandkids coming over. Rylan's my granddaughter, she's three. My grandson, Cohen, is five. And Asher is eight. It was a wonderful day. We were sitting out on the patio, enjoying the sunshine. And uh, Rhonda and Rylan went upstairs to fix us lunch. I came back down and we got ready to eat lunch, and I'm ready to say thanks. And my five-year-old grandson, he said, Gee, Paul, I want to say thanks. I've been practicing. I said, okay, Cohen. I'd love for you to say thanks. And I got to tell you, the words that came from this five-year-old grandson brought tears to my eyes that he would know the words to say, to say thank you for all the wonderful things in his life and in our life. And I just couldn't believe it. We had lunch, and during lunch, my three-year-old granddaughter says, Gma, I would like to listen to some music. And my wife, Rhonda, says, Okay, Rylan, what would you like to listen to? And she said, Gma, we only listen to K-Love. <laughs> and that did my heart good, that that's all they listened to. So Rhonda got K-Love on the radio, and I was blown away. Now, I had my three-year-old granddaughter, my five-year-old, and my eight-year-old. They were singing the, every song that came on. And what blew me away is that they knew every single word to every song. Now, I probably don't know the words to two songs, and I've been around a long time. But that did my heart so good Amen. to know that these young kids knew these words. It was time to take them home. And on the way home, I'm thinking, Lord, what a best day this is. This is like the greatest day ever. A five-year-old saying a prayer. All three of them singing the words that you want them to sing. 
And I didn't think it could get any better until we got to my son's house. These three kids went out to the backyard. I also have two granddaughters that are twins, identical twins, that'll be two years old this month. And with the Heavenly Father, they're here today, alive. Each one of them only weighed a pound each. And they struggled a lot. We're sitting out on their patio. And one of my twins, Marin, is sitting across from me. And they're playing Caleb. And the song comes on, there's Jesus. And that two-year-old closed her eyes. And I was watching her. And she turned her head to the left and turned her head to the right. Through that whole song, where was Jesus? Now, I understand that She's only two years old, and she don't understand these words, but she felt the love of God Amen. through that song. Amen. And I tell you, when I didn't think it could get any better, God showed me <laughs> it got a lot better because he's working through that two-year-old. So, what I'd like to say to you today is that I pray for every one of you in here that you are blessed like I am. Because God has blessed me. And I pray that he blesses you too. Thank you. Guys, I uh, thank you, Gary, for sharing that. And we need to hear more testimony. Amen. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lead us in 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 the priestly high priestly blessing. And uh, as always, guys, I'm here. I'm available. If anybody needs to stick around and talk, need counsel or prayer, whatever it may be. Um, but I hope and pray that we remember this day, October the fourth, 2020, as a day that we were never the same. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. As we go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless. Y'all have a wonderful day.